All right, any other questions you have for him, you can address him. He'll be around, uh, you know, you'll see him perhaps maybe between. Service. Uh, you, yeah. Or you'll hang around after service. If you've got something you need to ask him, feel free. Yeah. I'll be in the tavern. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be in the tavern, right. All right, I forgot to hand this out. Let me do that now. Um, glad I waited. A few of you are, came in a little late, so that's good. Uh, again, if you need help uh, to complete this, uh, let me know, and I'll see what I can do to help you so you won't have to go through the entire class again. Um, I want to uh, bring to your attention uh, as quickly as I can. There's next. Th this is the end of the six-week series for Equip here. There's been three other classes going on during these six weeks that you've been unable to attend or you're skipping out on church, which we don't ever encourage. We want you to be in church and hear the preaching of God's word. So next week, we start a whole new series of six-week classes. I really want to bring them to your attention. One is taught by Matt Jones called Lessons from the Cross. That sounds fantastic. They all sound good. It's the seven sayings that Jesus declared from the cross, and he's going to go through each one of those and what they mean for us today, how they apply to us, which I thought was really good. And the uh, next one is The Art of Suffering, uh, led by Jim Davis, um, and he'll teach a whole six-week series on suffering. Jim's uh, wife died of cancer. Actually, my wife treated her for a short time. Um, Jim's wife, Lori, was one of the classiest people we, we've ever known. And, uh, and you, know, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's going to be hard for him to find a second act because she is she was such a special woman and so he suffered deeply during that time and he's got a lot of things he's learned through that and he also leads the grief share uh, on Saturdays when they do the grief share if you know anybody who's lost uh, someone a child a spouse grief share is an outstanding I think it's 12 weeks they have a film they show and then they talk uh, about some of the things they're suffering uh, so Jim is just excellent. And then the next one is um, The Writings. Uh, that's Mark Drinkard. Mark's a, a cerebral guy. Um, and and this I think this will be part of what he'll do. He might have come in here and done this. It's, I don't know if he's going to erase that and start over again on his class currently. But Mark's, uh, he just goes to the Old Testament, the New Testament. He does an overview. He gets deep. Um, but he always has, which is what I appreciate about it, uh, he always has application questions that he asks the group. So you're learning, but then he says, okay, tell me what this means for you. You, you know, go. Uh, and people open up and share. So the writings. Uh, and then the final one is uh, uh, Bruce Scheidhauer does uh, one called Thinking Through Our Faith. Uh, Bruce came to the elders a couple of years ago and said, I, I want to write a book. And it wasn't, he was writing a book primarily as a legacy for his grandkids. And he said, I've got some ideas. Uh, he's realizing how hard it is to write a book. Um, yeah, Rich Gregory just told me he's going to start on a book. I forgot to ask him what it was. But, um, but it's very difficult to write a book. <clears throat> but Bruce's, some of the topics that he has is, we are much worse than we think. Anybody here at Forge last Friday? Yep. That's what it was all about, right? Depravity, and we're much worse than we think. God is much greater than we think. Grace is much greater than we think, and our think needs to be governed by the, the Word of God. And then there's two others, and I don't remember what they are, but <clears throat> I, I don't think this is just for <clears throat> young Christians. I think this is for every Christian to, to just solidify in your mind the, 
the truths of the word of God that give you a tremendously strong foundation. So that's what Bruce is doing. Uh, unfortunately, I have to miss a lot of these because we do elder interviews on off service. Uh, and I, I, you know, I have to go back either and live stream them or something. But you have the opportunity, so they start next week. Pick one and and continue your growth. Um, whichever one it is, I hope you'll do that. Okay, um, we are on lesson six, and everybody's. Uh, we got the the attendance sheet going around. Make sure. Okay, thanks, Lynn. Um, so here's what we've done in the past uh, five weeks. We've talked about what the church was. Uh, we talk about why member, why we think that membership is so important. It's who are we accountable to God for, and um, and then and, and that and the only way we can know that <clears throat> is not with sorry, <clears throat> not with people that come and go. What's that? Would you like to cough dry? No, it wouldn't help. It's just I'm chronic. I have sinus issues, but that's too much information for y'all. Uh, my wife wished she knew that before she married me, but uh, I kept that secret. And then I said, oh, sorry, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's chronic. Um, been to many doctors. I don't, yeah, whatever. Um, so um, where was I? Help me before week I started two. clearing my week throat. Two. Yeah, we too. Uh, so yeah, it, why it's so important. Chronic, you know, it, people are there coming and going. We, 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 we can't be accountable to God for them because we don't know when they're going to be here or not be here. They have not said to us that they want to submit to our leadership. So only, only those who are members are the ones that we feel like we are accountable to God for. We go through our membership list every elder meeting, which we will have this Tuesday right here in this room, and we go through it. And if we, somebody hasn't, if there's five or six people of the 300 plus that we have members for, what? Who, who nobody's talked to, we ask, all right, has anybody seen this person, this person, this person? We follow up. So we take it very seriously. Um, so, all right, commitment to unity was the second one. That's church doctrine. Uh, what do we teach? And, uh, of course, I, I asked at that time, if you have differences in some of the second and third tier things, like modes of baptism or eschatology and times, um, it's okay, absolutely okay. Just don't make it your soapbox issue that, that causes division. You know, no, I don't believe the tribulation is going to be at the at the beginning. I think it's going to be mid-trip. I'm a mid-tribber. No, I believe it's going to be post. I'm a, and and you've got people, and it's just not worth uh, dividing people over. So, but on the fundamentals, of course, you have to believe those uh, in order to be a member here. You you have to believe them to be a Christian. Um, okay, commitment to the reputation of Christ. We talked about that. That's dealing with sin personally and dealing with sin in the church. We take it very seriously, as you can hear from everybody who speaks. Um, you, want, you want to maintain the reputation of Christ, then walk a life of holiness. Um, we don't trust our ability to keep the commandments. Uh, Drew said, I, I knew I didn't keep the commandments. We don't trust that ability. But a person who's come to Christ for real has a whole new set of values where now they want to obey Christ. We didn't before. Now we do. We've walked away from our rebellion against God. Now we want to please him. So when that's not, that want to is not there, something's not right. And for Drew, that was, he found that out when he was a, what, a senior in high school. That want to was not there. It was all a game, all a game. He had a lot, a lot other want to's, and that was, he loved to sin. Yesterday, we were down at uh, Mardi Gras with the pastor who's speaking today. He's a street preacher. You ever heard of street preacher? Fearless. Yep. I really admire him. 
anyway, um, we were passing out tracks while he was street preaching uh, at the Mardi Gras, and you know the Mardi Gras draws some interesting people. <laughs> and uh, and one of the guys that walked by us uh, had both birds up, and and said, "Not today, folks. Not today. I got a lot of sinning to do today." And uh, and I looked at my partner and I said, "That that is so sad. He has no idea. It's like Jesus saying." Like, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And, uh, but there's a, there's a heart of compassion that rises. No anger at all, because that was me. <laughs> that was me. I had a lot of sinning to do. And, uh, but if you love your sin and you don't love Christ, it's an indicator something's off. Um, and so we talked about that, commitment to the reputation of Christ. A commitment to being led. Um, we're asking you to um, submit yourselves to our leadership. We are uh, elder rule, congregation input, unlike, say, a Southern Baptist church, it would be congregation rule. Congregation, they vote on things and majority wins. Um, uh, we don't agree with that, so uh, we want the people making the decisions or people who've been vetted scripturally uh, through uh, 1 Peter 5, Titus 1, and 1 Timothy 3, the qualifications of an elder. So we ask that you submit yourselves to us as we have submitted ourselves to Christ. And uh, Clearly, there's a caveat, major caveat. If we're not following Christ, we're disobeying him, then you ought not to follow us, and you ought to bring that to our attention if you see something in our lives that needs to be corrected. <clears throat> so again, that's the caveat. And then last week we talked about a commitment to loving the church, <clears throat> and we primarily went through the, the one another's. Uh, we're asking you as members to love the people that you see around you by serving them in some form or fashion. So we talked a lot about service. That ministry opportunity form, the reason four guys from our church came on that uh, thing to the Mardi Gras yesterday is because they signed their evangelism. They have a heart for it. And they were notified, hey, we've got this opportunity. You want to go? And they did. They said, yeah, that's, that's, that's right up my alley. Uh, it's scary to some you know, there's not, none of us go there and say, oh, this is so much fun. Uh, but it's a, it's a desire of our heart to share the gospel with people, regardless of their response. Um, so that's on the ministry opportunity form, as well as many other things that you can look at when you fill that out. And then today, uh, Loving the Church Part 2, we're going to talk about um, your favorite subject, uh, giving. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, well, another way to commit to loving the church is through your financial support. Uh, Scripture is clear that Christians are to use their money to support their local church, even uh, e to support their local church, each other, and the spread of the gospel. It's very clear. It's all through the Scriptures. Uh, you'll see as we continue here. This kind of giving should be the irresistible response of a worshipful heart, a heart filled with gratitude for what God has done in our lives. One of the things that changed in my life was my desire to share. I remember shortly after I got saved, I had $1,000 that was given to me by my parents for college. Well, I was, I was past that stage, and uh, I was at a point where I, I didn't need the money, and I found out somebody did. I don't know if I'd do this today, but I just thought, okay, I'll just I'll give it away. That's what I'll do. I'll just give it away. I uh, gave it to a guy, probably a really bad decision, <laughs> because I should have been a little bit more discerning. So we want to be discerning about what we do. But that, that was my heart at that time. It was just like, whoopee, you know, I'll do this. Um, so it, what, part of the thing about becoming a Christian is your whole attitude toward money shifts. Um, 
talk about that in just a second. Can this kind of giving, yes, absolutely. Sorry. About giving, like, how does it roll in your church? Like, 10% every month or like every Sunday? Uh, when I'm done with this, I think I'll have answered your question. So hang on, uh, and I think you'll see. Um, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see, okay? See, if I don't answer your question, I will definitely answer you afterwards, but I think I will. Uh, the kind of giving we're talking about is not to, meant to be out of obligation. It's a joyful, grateful response to all that God has done. Um, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, each one of you must do as he has purposed in his heart. 10%, 10%, 12%, 15%. Some people start at 10 and then move to 50. You know, Some people can't do one. I talked to a guy the other day who just said, I'm finally at a stage with our family where I can start giving. Uh, we have been underwater um, every month to month. Fantastic. His heart was always there, right? Um, so it's, it's, to give, it's to give as you've purposed in your heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God does love a cheerful giver. That word can be translated <clears throat> hilarious. So I always used to say when we used to pass the plate, which we don't do anymore, you give through the church app. Or you can give in those boxes. Very few do. Who writes checks today? All, all the old folks. Yeah, right, me. I, I think I've written two this year. <laughs> Lynn writes them, but I, I've written maybe two. Um, <clears throat> so not many people use those boxes. Most people use the apps. But I, I used to say when we pass the plate, I want to hear people going, whoopee, yeah, what? Yeah, that's hilarity. You know, you're all excited uh, rather than going, ooh, I, I could use this for... No, 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 no. I, you might have given the money, but God was not impressed. Um, you're giving because of your love for Christ, right? That's the idea. Uh, and a giving is good for our hearts. Uh, I tell people all the time, an open, an open hand is uh, better than a closed fist. You know, you want to learn what you think of money, then, then learn how to open your hand and share things. Now, people say, I can't give, you know, I can't give any money at all. I, I, I said, well, what are you doing with the $2 in your wallet? What are you doing with that? I mean, you can get, always give something, 50 cents, you know, something. Uh, because it's good for the heart to just release it. And it keeps you from, well, as I'll say, um, Jesus said you can't serve God in money. You'll love the one, hate the other, hate the one, love the other. That's what will happen. Um, happens every time. 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 18 says, and this is for all of us in this room, all of us. As for the rich in this present age, that's everybody right here. We qualify if you compare us to the rest of the world. Charge them, uh, this is Paul speaking to Timothy, charge them not to be haughty or arrogant. Sometimes money breeds that. Not to set their ho hopes on the uncertainty of riches. Right? Easy come, easy go. Sat down with lunch, uh, over lunch with a guy who's lost a million dollars three times. He said, he said, yeah, I was a multimillionaire and I wound up in my daughter's basement one time because I lost everything. That was, I think, 2008 when we had the big uh, problem. But there, you're not trusting your, the uncertainty of riches but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. You see a need? We can meet it. Let's do this. Let's do what we can. Interestingly, uh, tithing, here we go. This might answer your question. Tithing is an Old Testament concept tied to Israel, but not mentioned in the New Testament. 
Tithing is a tenth, 10%. Giving is emphasized through our heart response in the New Testament. Uh, so tithing is gone. Um, that's not New Testament giving. Uh, you can do 10%. It's what you purpose in your heart. Um, Lynn and I are in a season of life as empty nesters where uh, you know, we're much more able to share our resources with this body of believers. We love this period of our life. Um, you know, we had seven kids in, um, at one point, six different schools, Christian schools. Uh, Lynn was driving all the time. I, we, we were ships passing in the night, you know. Hi, babe, hi, babe. And next night started again. And that's the way we were. That's not the way we are now. So money came in, money went out. Money came in, money went out. And we were just, but we never stopped giving, ever. We always had a, a percentage in our mind that we gave. And only on occasion we would go, wow, we could, we could have gotten a new car. You know, we could have. No, that's wrong thinking. By the way, we, um, she drives an eight-year-old car. I drive a 20 four-year-old Toyota <laughs> that I love. I'm trying to get Christian to swap with me, but he won't do it. But anyway, I drive a 24-year-old Toyota. People say, why do you drive such old cars? Well, number one, they run. And number two, I'd rather go on a cruise than drive a nice car. <laughs> right? and can I get an amen? <laughs> you can like four cruises for a, a, a partial, uh, you know, not even a new car. Yeah, so that we just that, well, that's our priority system, maybe not yours. <laughs> so, um, but that open hand is so important to be generous uh, and to be ready. Um, so tithing's not mentioned in the New Testament. Uh, that's important to know. Um, we can't take the money with us. That's true, right? You've never you've heard this, the old saying: you've never seen uh, a, a U-Haul behind a hearse, right? No, but you can't take it with you. Um, and so that's another reason too. I don't mention this, uh, but I will now. If, if it's good to uh, work something into a will, I just thought about this this morning as I was reading this, Lynn. Well, well, remind me. We'll talk about it later. Uh, it's it's there's no reason you have to leave everything you have left over to your children. No reason uh, that that you've done your job raising them. Um, but it's probably wise to leave something to the church that has so benefited your family. So I'm thinking, okay. Some of, our, some of the money that we have designated to go to our kids, should we die, and not use it all up on cruises, which we won't do, I'm teasing, <laughs> um, we, we should designate for this church that we love that has been so beneficial to our, our family. I mean, a lifeline to our family. So, anyway, nope. All right. Um, so before I begin with the seven principles for giving, I want to read a few Bible passages. Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. You'll either hate the one, love the other, love the one, and hate the other. Money is a real barometer, right? It's a, it's a real barometer for where your heart is. Um, if you're really reluctant, you've got that closed fist, it's a barometer. Um, and Jesus made it a barometer. You'll either love the one and hate the other or hate the one and love the other. And by the way, uh, the Bible doesn't say anything about giving everything away. Uh, some people say if you're a real Christian, you give it all away. There was a, uh, I forget who the C.T. Stud maybe, who gave everything away. He was from a very wealthy family and went to live in India and was uh, China, I think. Amazing missionary who prayed for everything that he got. Uh, that's, that's, that's he did what God, what he felt God was telling him to do. It's not what I just read, 1 Timothy 6. 
Uh, those of you that are rich, be willing to share. God has given you those things to enjoy, richly enjoy, he says, but be willing to share. So you don't have to feel guilty for the things that you have, uh, but you, you must have a heart that says, I, we have an abundance, unlike the widow who gave two mites. Remember that? And Jesus said she gave more than all the others combined because her heart was right. And he's not saying everybody should give everything they had because he said she gave everything she had, those two little mites, whatever that was worth. Um, that was her art attitude. But he is saying, you know, if you're giving for show, no good. God's not impressed. Uh, that's why I love the app. It's quiet, it's secret. Uh, only one of our guys, two maybe, see who gives what. I have no idea what people give, and there's a, that's by design. We don't want to know. We don't want to treat anybody differently for people that can't give a dime or over people that are giving thousands. We, we don't want to know. Uh, because that's, it would be sinful, according to James, to treat people differently by what they have. <clears throat> the other thing, uh, a remedy for serving God over money is contentment. Uh, Philippians 4, 11, 12, and 13. Anybody know Philippians 4, 13? I'll start it for you. I can do all through who. It's in the context of contentment. Did you know that? Uh, Paul says, I know how to abound, I know how to be abased. I know how to have a steak, and I know how to have a McDonald's hamburger, <laughs> and there's a massive gap. Uh, I know how to do that. Uh, he lived in prison, so he learned contentment. I learned the secret of contentment, he said. Um, just a satisfaction in Christ. You can live however. Um, so uh, contentment is a real um, remedy for uh, the love of money. Um, all right, let's get to the seven principles uh, prior consecration, Second um, uh, Corinthians eight one through five, that simply means you have determined in advance uh, that your heart is 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 prone toward giving. I want to give, and he uses Paul uses the Macedonians as an example. They were extremely uh, poor, and and yet they said, uh, according to these verses, they said we want the favor of giving. Uh, it's funny, poor people and missionaries are some of the best givers in the world. People who have not had anything are the ones who understand what it means not to have anything, and they give like crazy. Now, a poor person can be as greedy as a rich person. You know, I know that. It, it doesn't matter where, what your wealth is. You can be greedy. But it's interesting to me that the best givers I've known are missionaries. They've lived it. Uh, so prior consecration, you, you're just, you, you've got a heart issue, you know it, you want to deal with it. So in, in advance of giving, I want, I want my life to be right before the Lord and I want to give. Sacrificial giving, and this is um, that widow's might, she gave everything. Um, it's important to give on occasion, sacrificially, uh, and it may mean something as simple as, all right, um, and I'm going to make it really simple. We aren't going to go out to that really fancy restaurant. We're going to stay home, and the money we would have spent on that, we're going to give to that girl that we know is a single mom who's struggling. could be that simple. We're going to give that night up, our, our special date night, for her. Um, <coughs> that simple. But it could be something much greater, <coughs> sacrificial giving, um, much greater. Need response giving, um, look around. Guys, as you get to know people in this church, and I really um, admonish you to do that, 
interact with people. Some of the best time to do that is between service. You only have 15 minutes, but after service, we're some of the last ones to leave. Uh, we kind of shut the doors because it's a special time to interact with people. But as you get to know people, you find out their needs. And then you can quietly give. Oh, I'll meet that need. I can meet that need. Uh, I'll take care of that. Um, so need response giving. Sowing and reaping. Um, the idea here is that if you give generously in faith, God may. It's not an, it's not an axiom. Uh, it's just a general principle. God will entrust you more riches uh, to give, not to keep. Now, I'm, I'm really, I want to balance this because the prosperity teachers just dive all over this. Uh, but the people, remember, Paul uh, was poor. Uh, all the apostles were poor. Um, so the key in this kind of giving, giving to, uh, to, to receive more from God, to give more, is motivation. It's motivation. You don't give to get more, as the prosperity gospel teach, teaches. Um, no, you, you give because it produces great joy. And some of what you get back may not be in the form of money. It may just be in the form of joy. You, most of you probably know what I'm talking about. When you give to somebody and you know you've met a need, and sometimes there's tears, they can't believe it, that this has happened to them. Um, it's just, it, well, how do you replace that? <laughs> More money won't replace that. It's just the joy of knowing God has used you as a conduit and, and allowed you to give to somebody else. Uh, predetermined giving, Lynn and I have set up a, a pattern um, we've always given uh, like days after we get paid, then we, we give our predetermined amount and we keep it steady. Right now, uh, we're both retired. We go get paid once a month now rather than uh, twice a month as we used to. So after that, um, Lynn takes care of that, pays through the app, she gives to the church. And it's just, um, it's as routine as paying our gas bill. It's just that's what we do. Um, because that's what we predetermined to do. Um, we don't ever want to get away from that. Uh, then faith-based giving. Um, God will supply all of your needs according to this is, uh, that verse is coming out of uh, Philippians 4.19. My God will supply all your needs according to his riches. And that verse, you've got to know that that means uh, needs, not wants. Needs. He'll take care of you. He will take care of you. Um, all right, and finally, systematic proportion give, uh, giving. Giving is based on one's financial blessing and should be offered on a consistent basis. As I've said, you may be in a position where you are literally living check to check, but I'll bet you got a Starbucks coffee this week. I'll bet you could sacrifice a dollar or two uh, rather than get that Starbucks coffee. The idea is you're not dismissing giving. You don't want to do that. Like I said, you want to keep an open hand not a closed fist. Um, and it's, it's very dangerous because money can grab your heart. It, it can grab every one of us in here and hold us. Uh, and we start thinking more about materialism than we do about God. <clears throat> so giving is a really good way to um, keep your heart in check. <clears throat> so, um, so a commitment to love the church is a commitment to love and serve each other humbly, sacrificially, practically, uh, Paul said in Romans 12, 10 to 13, uh, some of which we've covered in uh, last week's one another verses, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, uh, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Um, 
if we could just do half of that, we'll be in good shape. Uh, requirements for church membership. I gotta keep moving. I think I see people moving or either that or a whole lot of people have to go to the bathroom right now and they've left the service. Uh, uh, but here we go. The, um, Alex did most of this. Were there any questions about what Alex said concerning next steps? He'll be, he'll be reaching out to you based on the attended sheet that we give to them. Uh, he'll be reaching out to you. If you've completed four of the six, he'll be reaching out to you. For those of you that haven't, reach to me. <laughs> Come to me, and we'll work on those, and then I will be the one to, to notify him and say they're complete. Uh, so call me. So that's important, the four classes. Um, and then when the time comes, I've got to go through these. I've still got five minutes. What time is it? Good. i got a few minutes. Um, when, the, when, the, uh, when the time comes, he'll contact you. You'll have a, a sit-down interview um, with somebody who's a lot meaner than me, uh, who's just a pit bull. Uh, and uh, you'll, you'll meet with either Bruce, Mark, or myself. Um, we try to meet you on and off whenever. Um, we try to meet you on the on the, the service that you pick. That's not the service you're going to be in church. We don't want to. We don't want you to miss church because you have an interview. We try to keep it here to make it most convenient for you guys. And we and the most important thing we'll ask you is tell us how you came to Christ and what are you depending on. That's why I went through the gospel class one because um, we have had on occasion to say let's wait, let's hold it. And don't be ashamed and don't be embarrassed if we say that because we care about your soul. We want to be sure you understand the gospel and you have trusted Christ as your Savior. I would say half dozen times we have gone through an extended version of this gospel track. What is the gospel? Uh, Greg Gilbert has a book on it and it's more, more extended. I've gone through that with guys just to help them understand the gospel and to make sure they know what they've done in coming to Christ. Okay, so that's number one. That's the first requirement. And, uh, and then the others are we just go through the membership form, make sure you've done, uh, we understand, you know, uh, why you're here. Uh, have you left the church uh, in a poor way? Are you, did you storm out and scream at people? We want to make sure that's correct. Uh, we wouldn't want people to do that here. So we, we say if you've left the church in a poor way, we're going to ask you to take care of that. Uh, write a letter, uh, call the pastor, explain what your situation is, if necessary, even uh, ask them to forgive you for the way you've left. And maybe you've had good reason to leave. That's okay. Uh, but you don't storm out of a church. You don't leave a, a previous family behind to come to a new family to start over, but leave this old family uh, spinning. And where are they? What are they doing? So please, take care of that. We're going to have you take care of that. We think it's really important that you start here in the right frame of mind. Uh, you're ready to move on. You're not, you're not running from something. You're running to something. Okay? Um, and then uh, these, these are important. What, these commitments, they're in your book. Um, the reason I, they're important is because we're asking you to say, yes, I will do these. Rich will say, you guys have heard it. How many of you have seen people? And Rich says, with the aid or power of the Holy Spirit, will you? And that's the beginning of every one of these commitments. And the first one is, will you be diligent to exercise self-control so that your lifestyle exhibits both true Christian love and personal holiness? Will you do that? In your heart, will you do that? Secondly, will you faithfully assemble with the body of believers, striving to maintain unity? 
doing all you can to stimulate love and good deeds in others as you seek to exercise your spiritual gifts in faithful service. People say, I don't know what my spiritual gifts is. Just start serving. People will affirm something in your life. Man, you're good with people. Man, you are so merciful. You begin to realize, you're a really good teacher. Will you consistently contribute as a good steward of God's blessings, such time, talent, and resources in the measure that God prospers you so that your local and worldwide ministry of spreading the gospel may continue? That's just saying, yes, I'll do what we just talked about. Um, give whatever I can. Uh, will you teach biblical truth to your family and acquaintances as God gives you opportunity with a desire to see them come to Christ and be saved? What can you say with integrity, I, I will do that. I need help. I'm scared. I've never done this, especially new dads. I've, I've never led my family. I, I don't know how to do this. Um, we have all sorts of tools to help you, but will you commit that you will do what you can do? Um, in the stage of life, the stage of your spiritual walk that you're in, will you commit to do that? Will you always be willing to both give and receive admonition and instruction with meekness and in love? This is not easy. That, that goes for elders as well. You see something in our lives. Will you be willing to come to us and say, I see this. Am I seeing right? And will you also receive it? I see this. Kenneth, I see something and we got to talk about. Will you, will you receive it or you get defensive? Now, if we, if we do this in humility, the church is so much better. Again, you go somebody and admonish them, you better get the lumber factory out of your eyes before you get that little speck out of your brother's eyes. So you go with the right heart attitude. And there are some people that feel like they're prophets, <laughs> and they got to correct everybody. And that's the wrong attitude. <laughs> Anybody know any people like that? <laughs> uh, okay, number six, will you commit to, to praying? And I threw this in. At least periodically, at least periodically, for the following, uh, and that is the ministry here in church, your brothers and sisters, people around you as you see needs, the elders, the pastors, the deacons, for those who need a savior of the lost. Will you at least periodically agree to pray for those folks? We covet your prayers, by the way. Um, I love it when people come to me and say that. And will you follow the servant leadership of the elders of this church as we submit to and follow Christ so that, so that we may keep watch over your soul with, with joy and not with grief? And, of course, always with the caveat, we're following Christ, uh, that we're, our lives are lined up with 1 Timothy 3, Titus 1, and 1 Peter 5, always with that caveat. And eight, will you strive to maintain the doctrinal unity of this church, not promoting positions that differ from what we teach? Again, you may have differences. That's okay. We're just asking you not to make them your soapbox issue. So if you can say those things to Rich when he says, will you, and you say, I will, you've thought about this, and you can say, I can say this with integrity, then, 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 then you're officially in done. Uh, you've said this to the entire congregation, and then he turns to the congregation and asks a question of us. Uh, and so those are the... Steps, uh, uh, Alex just went through the steps of what to do. If you have any questions about that, please ask me. Uh, if you don't have your picture in the, in the, uh, uh, in the I was gonna say yearbook, in the directory, uh, I've got my graduation on the, uh, the directory then, then please approach Chris uh, Moore um, and Alex and they'll help you do that. Uh, are there any questions? 
one final thing that if if you cannot uh, there are there are th reasons why we would delay membership. I think I've mentioned this. That's one. If you um, if you flat out don't confess Christ as your Savior, uh, or or you're you're still not sure about what that means. Uh, the other is you you don't uh, uh, concur with the fundamentals of the faith, not the secondary. Uh, you've not been baptized. We require that as. Uh, because we consider it uh, the very basic step of obedience is the easiest thing Christ will ask you to do is be baptized. And some have been baptized as a result of this class. Praise the Lord. Um, and then finally, current, uh, you're currently exhibiting an ungodly or unrepentant lifestyle. That's true. And I've had this happen. Where guys are living with their girlfriend. I've had to say, that's got to stop. Um, it, maybe ignorance. That's got to stop. We've got to get this your life right before we can move forward with, uh, with membership. Uh, we want you, at least at the outset, attempting to live uh, in, a, in a godly way. So, any, any questions? Any questions at all? Okay. Yes? Uh, do you have to have proof of baptism? No. We're not, no. If you're lying to us, we have another problem. <laughs> so, so we'll deal with that. You know. we're, going, we're going to assume that you're telling us the truth when you say you were baptized as a believer, and that will be asked of you when you are interviewed. Uh, we've had people, I've had people say I was baptized as an infant. That is not believer's baptisms. That is not what we, what we would hold to. So we would ask you to be baptized. And we've had, we had a guy, uh, uh, Jerry Christensen, who I think was the oldest uh, baptism we've ever had. And he was he's 86. Uh, so, um, you know, it happens all stages of life, right? Don't ever let embarrassment that you haven't been baptized, you've been a Christian for 20 years, don't let that deter you from obedience. Don't let that happen. It's, it's sad when it happens. Um, so, no. <laughs> Any other questions? Great question. Yes. Do you have what you believe about baptism? I, I, have, a, I have a sheet here I can, I can give to you. It's our statement on baptism. Um, I think I have one I can give you right now. I'm down to my last one, so I'll need to make some copies, but I think I have one for you, so I'll give you that. Anybody else? Okay, let me close in prayer. Lord, thank you for this time. And, uh, and Lord, I pray now that you'll turn our attention toward what we're about to hear in the service. Uh, give us listening ears to apply the truth that we're about to hear uh, from Jeff Kirkland. And again, give him uh, clarity. If there's things he has to tweak in between services, help him to do that. Uh, Lord, just again, give us listening hearts and ears. In Jesus' name, amen.